Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode 42 of the Nonsense Podcast. And this week we have on Simon and Alex from In Case We Crash. And so In Case We Crash is a pop punk band out of Ontario. They're uh, really spearheading, I think, a uh, new blend of uh, the pop punk genre with uh, some more, you know, maybe, uh, what would I say, modern music elements. And I think that they're a band that everybody should know about a band that everybody's going to like. So if you haven't listened to their music yet, I recommend that you pause this episode right now and go listen to their music and come back when you're ready because it's going to help you have some context for what we're going to talk about. And uh, the episode just won't be the same if you haven't heard of them. So here we go. I'll give you a second. Pause it right now. All right, and welcome back. So if you're ready for the episode, uh, basically in this episode we talk about all things Canadian. We talk about buying vintage instruments. We talk about touring. We talk about what our goals are for 2021. Um, we talk about new music coming up for In Case We Crash. It is a really exciting, insightful episode, and I can't wait to share it with you guys. So before we get into the episode, just wanted to shout out that we do have social media and on which we uh, put some additional content. So you can find us on Facebook and find us on Instagram at Nonsense Pod. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you're listening on Spotify, Anchor, any other streaming platform, and you enjoy the episode, definitely feel free to uh, subscribe or follow us. And you can uh, be there basically when the most recent episode drops. And we will be having one in two weeks that we're really excited to share. So without further ado, let's get into the episode and we'll see you in two weeks. All right, boys. Simon, Alex, thank you so much for joining. I uh, I know you guys wanted to debut a drummer. Is he coming tonight? I would be ecstatic. Oh man, he's working till eight p.m. So I think he. Oh, yeah, we we, tried, like we definitely tried to get him on. But... He's looking for more Pardon? bands. I just want to be like every drummer and have like four bands because like we could use one too. We could share. Oh man, yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how that's how it goes. If I should learn how to play drums, and I'd be in like a dozen different bands and be making it right now. Didn't you start with playing drums? Yeah, I did start with playing drums. Actually, funny that we mentioned that. Oh really? Okay. And how did yeah. you get into guitar then? Uh, cause I wanted to, I I wanted to play guitar first. That was like my thing, like guitar and singing. But at my elementary school, they were giving uh drum lessons for just cause for free. One of the teachers. No way. And I was like, okay, you know, I wanted to do music anyway, so I just started there. And yeah. Dude, that's so sick. All right. Well, let me before I get too far ahead of everybody, um, yeah. how about you guys do intros? Tell the people who you are, what you do, and why you're on today. You got it. All right. My name's Simon. Uh I play guitar and I sing in the band in case we crash. I'm Alex. I play the other guitar in in case we crash. Yeah. <laughs> So I was wondering now, um, obviously you two are both guitarists, so who is playing the bass on your EP? Um, well, so first of all, like the EP, uh, if you're referring to Soul Paint, Soul was, Paint yeah. yeah, that was recorded uh, almost, no, more than two years ago, actually, surprisingly. So no um, it was while we had a bassist in the band. Um for I mean, moving forward on the stuff that like we've been working on, like I've been playing bass, um, but we're always open to like having other people involved. And you know, I don't, you know, I I love playing bass, but I feel like you know we a real bassist is always nice, and uh, that's where we're at right now. It's good to hear. I'm I'm a bassist, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, actually, speaking of that, I saw you bought Ross's bass from the Dirty Nil. So tell us the story about behind that. I am, if anybody's, you know, anybody listening to this podcast knows, I pretty much mention them every episode. He, he might come steal that base solely because it was his. I, I might come steal it. So, <laughs> yeah, where are you guys at? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a funny story. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I'm a bit huge fan. Obviously, I would have to be a huge fan of them to, like, catch this opportunity. But, yeah, like, I'm a big fan of them. So, like, I always see what they post. And he just, they just put in their story. 
their like Facebook story or Instagram story mm-hmm. at one point, like, oh, Ross is selling this bass. And I'm I'm also like a huge like Gibson nerd, vintage Gibson nerd. Nice. Um, as you can probably tell, I got two two back there. Um, but yeah, so I just saw it and it was a good opportunity and it was actually like a decent like he's he's being fair about the price and everything, you know, like really good. So I just like I wanted to take the opportunity because I don't even I never I didn't even have a good base. Like I don't I've never really owned like a nice base. And I okay. was like, why not make it one that's like also sen- sentimental to me? You know, it was a good opportunity to just like get a base that I really like have sentimental attachment to. Um, but yeah, I just I just, you know, email or sent them a message or an email and we worked it out. So that's fantastic. Yeah, that I mean. I think they recorded it. Correct me if I'm wrong. They recorded their most recent album with that bass. It was that, de- yeah, it was definitely on the record. They it probably wasn't the only bass they used because, yeah. uh, from talking to Ross, like he really likes his like grabber and stuff, which I also <laughs> eventually I'd like a Gibson grabber. That's like my dream bass, but, um, but yeah, so like it definitely got and it was the bass that they exclusively used on the Dancing the Thrash tour. So, yeah. That's yeah. so sick. Yeah, um, I actually I bought uh Gibson Ripper because of uh Ross, Damn. and yeah. best purchase, best purchase ever. Fucking love that thing. It's obviously like super old, and I'm I'm sure you know, you know, as a vintage guitar collector, that they always come with some sort of uh, you know, not issue, but they have their quirks for sure. Yeah, but, I mean, um, to speak on that, like I I'm refretting the one that I got from Ross because it's all great like it's a this it sounds so good like we used it to record some stuff it sounds so good it's just it needed to be refretted there was like no frets left it was basically a fretless bass at that point <laughs> that so. sucks uh totally worth it though i mean that thing sounds amazing whatever tone he got out of that I, i'm just i, I want to know what they did in during production to get that out but yeah um anyways the reason we have you guys on so I saw you guys in the uh, good old pop punk networking group. I saw you guys were members yeah, there. I was H-Bug. like, this is fucking awesome. I've been bumping you guys since uh, that Soul Soul Paint EP came out. And um, I, I didn't like put two and two together that you guys actually dropped that during the pandemic in uh, what, in June, right? So yeah. tell us a little bit about that release. Um I mean, I don't want to sound redundant, but it just sounds, it looks like it was met with the excellent reception. You know, um, what sort of feedback did you guys get on that after you released it? It seemed like it was, everybody really enjoyed it. Yeah, Alex, you should chime in here. No, yeah, I feel like it was definitely like the most successful, like out of the band releases by far. And I feel like, yeah, like we had different plans going into it. We had completely different plans for like videos, some videos, soul paint video and release. But I feel like the pandemic works out in a way that like it made us really focus on like online presence and like build connection with people. And we're like, because we've been doing this for like a while, but now like for, and everything finally like kind of clicked together and we're like, oh, it's working. And yeah, the songs were, like, really good. I actually, like, joined the band after the Soul Painted People was recorded. But when I heard the songs, uh, like, the first time, because they were, like, two years. And then uh, the first time, I was, like, instantly, like, yeah, Simon, this is, like, something special. Like, I really dig those. And, like, and then I kind of naturally happened that I joined the band. And here we are. Mm-hmm. That's great. So, um when exactly, I guess, did you join the band and, you know, how'd that all come about? So I joined in 2019. Me and Simon were actually like good friends in the scene for a while. And he like filled in for a couple tours with my old band. And funny enough, actually, he played like my old band. Happened... I played bass for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he played, he played bass and we got the opportunity to play the last Warp Tour in Toronto in 2018. That's sick. Uh, so it's funny how me and Simon played it, but we were like played it in a different band, and then I ended up joining in case we crash in 2019. And you know, the rest is history. It sounds yeah. like so. Yeah. Um, I I guess so. You didn't have, if I'm getting this correctly, you didn't play on the EP you joined because the EP was written two years ago. Yeah. Gotcha. 
Yeah, and, and also like we had like lineup changes before that EP as well. So like I'm like I was the only guy, guitarist who played on the album as well. So because we had like a, a another guitarist a, a while back. So just to, I mean just in case there's any confusion, like yeah, it was just me. <laughs> <laughs> so you you had a hell of a job on that EP. I mean there is yeah. what at least a, I mean there's a few layers of guitar on there, and it's all excellent. That's I think what really drove it home for me was like shit. This is really yeah. catchy guitars but yeah so what was the tracking process like that for you well we worked with like sam uh he sam guayana i could never pronounce it right because he likes <laughs> he likes it he likes it a specific way i know but gotcha. yeah he produced uh like pacific rarity currently working with like silverstein between you and me and wow. um and he just did intervals his last record as well so like yeah, he's a busy guy, uh, and it's cool because we actually worked with him a little bit before he got uh, some more notoriety. But um, yeah, he's like he's a pro, and he's got a very efficient way of doing things too. We since we had um, Evertune guitars to our disposal, we had both like an Evertune Tele style guitar and then uh, more like a humbucker LTD type. So we do layering of both the Tele and the humbucker style sounds, um, nice. depending the song. Um, mostly tally though i think but yeah so but with the evertune systems it was like as long as i was playing everything tight it, we would just fly through a lot of the recording and then it would make it easier to do doubles and like extra little licks here and there so he's, he was really good at helping build an arrangement with guitar because prior to that we were very like kind of bit like too like streamlined and just kind of we weren't thinking outside the box enough you know i see yeah and I can definitely see that translate from where you guys started in um, your first EP in, what was it, 2017, mm-hmm. and where you are now. It's not like a different band, but it's definitely an evolved, I guess, sound. Like, you you guys for certain looked out or um, stepped out of the box, I think, of what I would normally call, you know, kind of like your traditional pop punk. Like, you guys certainly took that took notes of it took like the best parts of it and then added some additional flavor to it so was that really like a conscious decision when you were writing this music where you're like i just want i want something different you know what was kind of on your mind or did it just you know come organically from songwriting um i i think like i i've said this like like i this is kind of like my motto but regarding like music like for what we do is that if I see somebody else doing something or like a bunch of people, like a trend, um, I turn and do the exact opposite. I don't want to be doing the same thing as anybody else. And I'm actually deterred from doing things that I see a lot of bands doing. So we were kind of into like, briefly we're into like incorporating poppier 1975 sound, like that style into the pop punk thing. And we were in that relatively early on, like 2018, 2019. Um, so like we we were trying to do that because at that time not a lot of pop punk bands were doing that and then literally with the next not i'm definitely obviously i'm not saying we like we inspired this was more like grayscale and like a few other bands who kind of really who really started doing that um but we, we saw that trend starting to take off and what i've learned like i've you know like what i've learned about the industry is that like there's a you know if you're doing the same thing that everybody's doing right now you're already two or three years behind the curve right so it's true now that when people started to do that i'm like okay i want to do something different now <laughs> so that's that's a perfect mindset to go forward with yeah like yeah. i think a lot of people dig that new sort of uh yeah like incorporating a little you know some elements of 95 1975 esque music into pop punk i think uh you know like um who am I thinking of? Young Culture's doing that too now. Yeah, and um, we, those those, yeah, are... we're, we're friends with those guys. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, I yeah, feel yeah. like it's such a tight knit community. Yeah, it, good, it definitely is. <laughs> yeah, I, we have we have friends who are friends of them. Like yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. No, yeah. we we um, me and me and our one guitarist Avery used to play in another band that played a bunch of shows with them. Alex and Gabe are just awesome dudes. Yeah. So, but on that note, just for clarification, yeah, like I'd say our last EP, Soul Paint, because, see, this is what I mean, because we recorded two years ago, yeah. we, we felt like we were on the cutting edge of the 975 thing now. But you, for the, like, for the future, you're not, I don't think you should, ex- like, I'm saying fans shouldn't expect that we're going to still have, like, that poppy 1975 sound anymore incorporated. We're going to be doing something slightly different. And 
the ideas to be doing something different than what's going on right now. Like, so even more in our own lane. Yeah, you got you got a thick Gibson base to use now. So <laughs> yeah, so that that should be a hint. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, are we gonna hear Dirty Nil next? <laughs> but see, they're their own thing, so not quite. Dude, they are. Yeah, they're definitely. That was, I think, a big draw for me for them. Not to like hammer on the nil this episode, but like that, I was like, shit. I haven't heard anybody put out music like this. I don't think ever because it's it's just it's transcending a lot of our you know notions of what rock music is and what alternative music can be and what punk music is it just kind of like blends all that shit together like in doom boy they exactly multi-genre song fucking awesome but um let's talk about like what you guys have coming up because alex i haven't gotten a chance to talk to you very much and uh i know you're probably going to be an integral part of this writing process coming up so um, what are you guys working on in 2021? What is sort of, you know, what do you have your sights set on for this year? And then after that, I guess we can talk about, you know, maybe in the future, like what's what's kind of your big goal that you guys want to achieve, you know, after having the success that you did with uh, Soul Paint? Well, I guess we've been writing behind the scenes for a lot, for quite a lot of months of 2021. And I think really like crafting that like sound that and like the vibe that we really identify with was like our goal. And yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm really stoked on like the songs and like everything that have been coming together. As Simon said, it's definitely going to be like our own vibe. It's going to be something different from what everyone else um, is doing. I think Simon can pitch in a little more here. Yeah, like definitely like we've see like because we're backtracking again, but say like we recorded the Soul Paint EP in 2018, right? So we've had literally like two and a half years to write more material. Um, and with that, like, you know, we've we've developed a lot and we have we've kind of we have yet to really un- un- unveil kind of some of that, but we've had a good chance to develop ourselves as songwriters and develop our own kind of thing um even more so than what we did with our our last release so you know we've had plenty of time to write actually and things should start to take shape a little bit more this year um towards yeah like later this year that's awesome yeah and like yeah like the difference was that i actually got to be a part of creative process of the band this time and so it's this i've definitely brought in a little bit of my own vibe in it yeah how would you uh define i guess your your style like what are, what are you bringing in honestly like the soul paint like the riff that simon wrote in soul paint you know like the lead riff is exactly something i would play that shit is so <laughs> so good <laughs> yeah like i try and like when i like write with people too like, i try and like think about them and be like because when I'm building a structure song, I try and think like, what would they like to do here, right? And that's as a starting point. So I put it in their field first, and then they'll even even take it like a step further, which is great. So I might have an idea like, oh, I need you like, what what if you did a cool, yeah, like soul paint kind of lead here, etc. Or like I had in mind that you would probably want to do something here, so you know, I leave it blank and like. So that's kind of how we develop. We really try to get to know each other's songwriting habits, so that when we approach something we know how to give everybody space to do their own thing but still collectively work on the same track essentially yeah like i feel like Simon knows me so well at this point that like when writing he already would know what kind of part i would put there and he just throws it my way and then i'm like okay this is like perfect but i'll have like yeah. a little tweak to it and yeah same thing with the drums too that's like how we did the drums and it was kind of like that like i knew what our drummer liked so and then, like, Simon does, like, his Gibson thing, but for me, it's the, like, the opposite. I play, like, Fenders, and I play, like, Telus. So, it's, like, oh, kind man. of, like, it, it's kind of, like, a good, like, this is this is what I play. I have That's this, beautiful. Like... That's a nice-ass guitar. Yeah, and this actually I got from the guy from, like, an indie band. It's been, like, all over. Um, it's been, like, all over U.S. and Canada. And this guitar doesn't even come in that color. He, like, custom painted oh, yeah. it on tour in, like, California. And then he got, he got all those digs on tour. So that's kind of cool. Uh, what, what band did you get that from? Was it, like, a big band? 
They were on like Royal Mountain Records in Canada, an indie band. I keep forgetting their name. Oh. <laughs> it, was, it was more of like a st- straight up like indie rock. Yeah, band. indie yeah. rock band. They were like not. Which we not don't really we, we don't yeah. know much about that stuff. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool having a guitar with a story though. Hmm? It's cool having a guitar with a story though. You know, it's a nice. Yeah, for sure. And we still don't know. Like this guitar has like these holes in it, and it's literally like. It's like empty inside. Yeah. Like this. I opened it up and I was like, "There's just like, like a, a lot of pots it. on it." Yeah. Like... <laughs> Even the guy, the guy had no idea where where that came from. He was like, "I don't know." Wow. So there's a history on it before it even got into his hands. It sounds like. Yeah, and probably. He just, he just went like a madman and just painted it. <laughs> there's always so guys, a history. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So I wanted to ask you guys then, I guess. You know, life before COVID, let's let's take it on a lighter note. You know, before all this shut down and stuff, it seems like you guys did get an opportunity to do, you know, some touring and all that. So, you know, what were some of your favorite spots that you've been to, um, you know, whether it be Canada, the States, international? Uh, I'm always interested in hearing people's tour stories because there's always there's always that one story that somebody's like, oh, we got this. <laughs> I got to fucking tell you about this. Yeah, we actually didn't get to go to the state we were going to, but then COVID happened. But Damn. for Canadian bands, it's actually pretty hard. It's always like we have to pay like a ton of money for touring visas, yeah. which American bands don't have to do. It's a two two tiered system. Why do they can come here and have to pay nothing, and we have to go there and spend like a thousand dollars just to get in? So. It's good old, good old America, you know. We, we're trying yeah. to get our money. God damn. Yeah, I know. It's horrible, too. Yeah. I've heard that from... Uh, we've actually, interestingly enough, we've had a ton of Canadian artists on. I think it's probably most of the artists that have been on here have probably been from Canada. I, I think we've I think. had mostly Canadian artists. Are we? Yeah, we, are we gotten, like, famous Canadian artists, I would say. is like our, our highest of the higher kind of Canadian artists. We've gotten a lot of... We've had the... Uh, fortunate opportunity to talk to like American artists, like um, you know, settle your scores and uh, I call fives. Those guys were so rad. Um, but yeah, like for Canada, we've we've spoken to Rarity and We Were Sharks, and I think Jason from We Were Sharks actually mentioned that like, yeah, it's really fucking expensive to get into the U.S. and it's like at times a barrier to entry because you're like, yeah, we could go over and tour and stuff, but like we're not gonna make any money off of that and. Like, that's just not right. I think as artists, like, you should <laughs> encourage people to have, you know, that sort of tour experience. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, sorry to butt in and all that, but, uh, you know, what sort of, I guess, touring stories would you would you like to share with all of us? Is there any, how about we start off with this? Is there any location that you kind of pulled up to the venue and you're like, holy shit, what did we get ourselves into? Uh, there's been a few of those. Like I, I can personally say, like the Hard Luck Bar in Toronto has the most notorious set of stairs. In oh this. yeah, it's oh, like a no. meme. Almost. Like it's <laughs> oh, it's no. a meme. It's a meme. Yeah, everyone hates. It. It's like it's like the most narrow stairs ever, and like it's like three flights of stairs. It's yeah. Ridiculous. Adam Ferrari would tell would tell you how he hates them because they're the ones who play that venue every time. <laughs> And it's like three flights and like getting Ampeg eight by ten up those stairs is not like easy. almost impossible. Like it, it's just not. You gotta hire like a moving crew or something next time. We have a venue like that here. It's called the Loft, and everything is upstairs, and it's yeah. all just every. And it's like you can use the other staircase, you can use this staircase, but the one is more narrow than the others. Either way, it fucking sucks. Oh yeah, there's one. There's a place like that in Montreal as well. I forget what it was called. Um, La Vitrola or whatever it is. Yeah, La Vitrola. It's it's the same. It was all actually. It's like hard luck bar, but narrower. Believe believe yeah. it or not. It's like almost like a. It feels like you know those weird spiral winding staircases. Yeah. But yeah. It's not necessarily a spiral, but it's so narrow, and you're carrying your gear up like three flights. Dude, Lodens can be like a real bitch, and I'm like. How is this place a music venue? If it's like, just have a backline. Just invest in a good backline, and artists will. It, you could have more bands. How about this? Think of it in terms of an opportunity cost. You could have more bands playing a night and draw a bigger crowd if load in time didn't take so goddamn long. Just an idea. <laughs> It'd be easier for the sound guy too. He doesn't have to heckle the lo- local bands whenever they change their gear over. Yeah, so exactly. You, 
you know, funny thing about Hard Luck, even Ben from Neck Deep hated it, because the first time they played in Toronto, they played at that venue, and then we literally just bumped into him by accident and like Tim Hortons. And what? it was no just like trying Yeah, but they were like it was like they were like 18, 19 at a time. I didn't even oh, know shit. who they were. I went there because I was I, I wanted to see Seaway because they're like a local band at the time. Love Seaway, yeah. Yeah, so that's cool. Sorry. That's great. Did he get a double double? I mean, he's not Canadian, so he wouldn't know what that is, yeah. right? So yeah. yeah. <laughs> You probably just say two cream, two sugar, like yeah, yeah. Exactly. like so double double. He's like, no, 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 two cream, two no. sugar. Like, we call that. I guess it's light and Duncan podcast here. All right, Aaron. All right, what was that? I said we're a strictly Duncan podcast, right? Don't be going throwing the shade up on me. I, I'm trust me. No one, no one likes Duncan better than I do. But Tim Hortons slaps. Like they actually, it's it's the Canadian way of making coffee. They actually give a shit about how the coffee is. I think I've only ever, ever been to one, and it was in Oneana, I believe, New York. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you start getting it, like, once you're up near Rochester and Buffalo and all that shit. Like, yeah, my cousins have one around the corner from them, and they all sound a little bit Canadian because they're from <laughs> Rochester, but not full on. So I guess while we're on the topic of, you know, kind of your local, uh, you know, scene, um, obviously you guys, you know, from Ontario, huge uh, – music i guess i mean bigger than a scene i would say there it's blowing up right now so what are the kind of artists that are really pushing you guys these days that you know are really i guess moving the scene forward down there that you you know in your eyes are should be noted (laughs) it's hard to say because it's almost like a collective thing right like we could Mm -hmm. we could pull out like a couple examples and obviously like it's ironic that like as the bands get bigger they actually less so push the bill if you know what i mean like but it's great that like they came from here right like you could say like mm. bearings rarity seaway um like pacific yeah we were we were sharks are still like very much in, in part of the like they're i feel a little more connected but like you know what i mean like once the bands get like a little bit bigger they actually kind of like you start even though like they represent ontario whatever mm-hmm. um they don't really like push the scene as much you know what i really? mean like except except yeah. for Except Adam for Clarkey. Adam Clarkey, yeah. Like, Adam from Rarity is the only person from all these bigger bands who's actually, like, involved in the local scene and, like, pushing local shows and all that. That's yeah, awesome. so when bands kind of take off, I think the... You know, because there's, there's pros and cons of, our, of, like, any scene, and especially our scene. And I think once bands do kind of make it a little bigger, like, they kind of want to do their... They want to kind of grow past that, and they, they, they yeah. take their mind off the scene a little bit. Um, Courage My Love's a band that are still very much in- intertwined with the scene here. They were, they they were on the scene like way early. They were like a post-hardcore band back in the early 2010s, and then they're now more like indie pop, but they're still very much involved in this like local scene. Um, I think, and in terms of if you're meant more like kind of like up and coming bands that are like part of yeah. this movement, like yeah, like Oakrest is one. Oh, I know those guys. Yeah, I'm friends yeah. with them. Wait, they're from Canada? They're yeah. from like yeah, We're, right yeah, here. They live around us. Like, you know. I, I did. Wow, I I thought they were like from the states or something. I always assumed they're from like Philly or whatever. But yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I think we may end up having them on at some point because I added them all on Facebook and stuff, and we've been in contact. Aaron yeah. just. I'm trying to think them them, and then there's who's a few others, Alex. Like. I mean, if you like Easy Core, there's like Rival Town. Yeah, they, maybe. yeah, baby. Yeah, Rival Town. Yeah, they're they're good again, friends with friends in the Ever After. From friends of friends of friends, and oh yeah, we yeah, know I the Ever After. Saw, I saw, yeah, I saw the Ever After because <laughs> yeah, we knew them. I was just talking um, shit to Danny about the Islanders, so <laughs> we had them on super early. I think they were episode eleven of this or whatever, and I felt so fucking bad because we were using some like sort of, I don't know, kind of like third grade recording system at that time. And their episode was just so choppy and I felt so bad. So I want to like, when we get on the road, because we were actually supposed to play a show with them in April, Mm. uh, two shows, a weekender with them. And, uh, you know, obviously, unfortunately, everything fell out. But yeah, man, uh, great kids. Can't say enough good stuff about the Ever After. But 
Um, sorry, go, going back to your scene and all that. Awesome. Way the anchor. We're we're about to play a show with them, like on I the week where everything everything shut down, and then yeah, I love, I love everything they do. And he was like, oh, and, and nothing special. They're a little bit more like indie rock, kind of like, or and kind of more like modern baseball-y, but they're also yeah. kind of they're very part of our scene. Yeah, Dude, they're cool. one of the only bands that are like that modern baseball-ish ish type of sound from like Ontario. Really? Okay. You so, can also check out Ever Elsewhere. Ever Elsewhere, they're kind of like, they're kind of like, you know, yeah. like almost like transit kind of vibes. They have like those like clean guitars. Pretty. Twinkly Midwest emo vibes. Yeah, dude, I like that. I feel like that's, you know, sort of permeating upward, uh, you know, for Canada at least. But obviously like that scene, I feel like has been... It's been brewing in Canada for a while. Like both, both are definitely feeding off each other. Obviously, with touring, it's a little, you know, that's probably slowed down with like the sharing of music, which is such a bummer too. These days, I feel like everything would have been so far just with the amount of of music that was put out this year. Like the scene would have been just pushed so much farther. We would have had all these awesome conversations between all these awesome bands, and there would have been a lot of information sharing. I think it's working online with the pandemic. It's it's going okay, but it's obviously not the same environment as sitting together, watching a show, listening to some music, listening to your favorite bands. Like that's what it's all about. And um, like we're meeting on a podcast instead of at a show. Yeah, yeah, we, <laughs> exactly. pro- we probably would have met at a show at some point this year, otherwise, right? Or last year. Yeah, yeah. and actually, yeah, that that makes me curious. Were you guys? You, I know you said you didn't have the opportunity to get to the states, but um, what was your schedule looking like? You know, where were you guys gonna go? Was it sort of full U.S. tour or certain areas? We had like Midwest planned, pretty much planned out fully, and then we were thinking like farther ahead. We had like plans, but nothing concrete. Yeah, we were gonna do like a little U coming down from like New like New York. Then back nice. around to the Midwest, hitting up out, out to Chicago, I think, and then kind of just coming back. Yeah, um, kind of like through like the the, the West, through like Detroit area into Chicago and like all the Midwest loop yeah. going from New York back. Yeah. yeah, and then eventually we're thinking to go if we if we were to make it out to like California, then we could come back around through Vancouver because we have like some stuff going on there too in Canada. And then dip back around because there's there's a whole bunch of nothing in the middle of Canada. Like it's <laughs> it's a no tour zone basically, so it's only worth to play like Vancouver, BC. If you yeah, play like California. And- I was gonna ask because like- yeah, like I've actually done like a cross Canada tour before in my old band, so from coast to coast, and it was like the the very west, like Vancouver and like Calgary <laughs> and anything in between was great, but between that and Ontario, there's just like nothing, and it's like super long drives, and yeah, and in some middle like Saskatoon or everything, there's just no scene there. It's just like a huge field, and you drive for twenty five hours. Yeah, you could play like a, a little bar for like ten people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we played like a fifties looking like diner, and it was yeah. like a bar show, and it was like. Yeah, it was like 15 people, surprisingly, like two or three of them somehow bought merch anyway. So that no was way. <laughs> yeah. Pay for gas. There you go. That was like their whole scene. And it's just because nothing really comes there. And it's kind of sad. But Dude, yeah, we were trying to plan something. Um, basically, it would be, you know, kind of what we call the tri-state area around here. So like New York, New Jersey or New York, Connecticut. Um Long Island's its own thing. We consider that's pretty much another state. Yeah. But, uh, but like, yeah. And then, you know, Pennsylvania and all that. And I was like, oh, God, like, if we were going to play Philly and Pittsburgh, there's like a four hour drive in between that. That is nothing compared to what you guys have up there. It sounds like. like I'd be stoked to have like only three, four hour drives. Like, <laughs> dude, f- four hour drive in my head—that's like a, a normal amount to drive. For, yeah, like, a tour day, yeah, like that's, three that's to four like hours. Time. We do, we would yeah. do like Ottawa, Montreal, and that's like five to seven hours. So, yeah, that, you know, that's like, crazy. Like for us to go to Rhode Island, so you're talking like mid-state New York to Rhode Island is like three hours. Yeah, that's like a reasonable time. Yeah, you're crossing. Yeah, and also take into account that our gas is more expensive and our money is worth less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, like, 
if you guys get sick on the road, you're good, you know? <laughs> well, we actually, if we are, if we get sick in the U S we have to have insurance. Yeah. So, oh, and fuck, also dude. if you, if we get sick outside of Ontario, we have to have insurance. We're only yeah. covered in Ontario for wow, really. If yeah, I get sick anymore, it's not going to be the same as like U S health insurance, but it's like, we still yeah. need to actually purchase like health insurance if we're going outside the province. Yeah, because that's like the health insurance of your province, like your state, and it only is valid within. Whoa. Yeah. Mind blown, yeah. Yeah, I did not expect this to be a a run-through of the the health uh, (laughs) insurance industry out in Canada. That's crazy. I did not know that. I was just like, oh, yeah, you're good everywhere. If you, you know, trip and fall in... uh, in Saskatoon, you'll be you'll be covered, but no, you're along with you, you have to pay for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and one yeah, more you, thing, you buy like travel insurance. And yeah, that's one more thing, you're only you only have those full insurance benefits if you're in Canada for six months of the year. So touring Canadian bands, oh, if they are touring for more than 180 days a year, they lose their coverage as a Canadian citizen. What the that's fuck? Insane. Yep, that's how it is. So we have to stay in Canada wow. for six months of the year. We could tour Damn. in Canada for some of those yeah. times from that time, but yeah. It sounds like Canada's trying to say, welcome to Canada. Now you can never leave. <laughs> hey, I'm okay with it because Canada's great, but it's also like I do want to get out there a bit. So, <laughs> What are you some of him? your overly like Canadian things? We're fa- overly like Canadian favorite things. Like, what's like, what is it about Canada that you? So really I can enjoy? I can put my money in like a washer and it's fine. Like, oh it's, it's, oh, it's okay. Those and bills. I can also see through it. And they they actually when you get those bills fresh, they smell like maple syrup. No joke. No, you're you're shitting me right I'm now. I'm not. They actually make them no. smell like maple. No, no, I'm not even kidding. They make no. them smell like maple syrup. Are <laughs> constantly smelling like they just got pulled out of some dude's sweaty ass. Well, at that point, they probably don't. But uh, no, when you get when you go to the bank and get like a cri- a crisp twenty, you just like smell it. And it's, well, we don't do that now because that's kind of like unsanitary. Yeah, but but when they came out with these bills, everyone was like yeah. obsessing because they just smell really good. He's gonna get off this call and be like, "Yo, I just talked to the biggest two fucking idiots. They bought into it." <laughs> you dare, no, you can Google it. I guarantee you can Google it, and it's true. I, I will. You, you bet. One of the sniff Canadian right right now. <laughs> yeah, and another one that I like that Simon wouldn't be surprised is beaver tails. And before you stop me, they're not actual beaver tails. They're just like this. It's like this like dessert that looks like a beaver tail, and it has like a tot of sugar and like cinnamon. But see, that's like a tourist Canadian thing. Like, I, like actual yeah, I Canadians don't really eat those, you know? Like, Yeah, that's true. That's I true. think it's like if you're going to Ottawa or Montreal visiting from the States, they have them on the Rideau Canal is where you skate, like, you skate, like, for, like, eight kilometers or whatever. But they have those there, and people think that's, like, a real Canadian thing. Like, yeah, it's yeah. a Canadian company It's in here, but you can also get them in the States. And then also, like, real Canadians, I don't know, people, like, yeah, they don't go out and get beaver tails all the time, right? Yeah. That's like uh, New Yorkers with their pizza. Like, I mean, yeah, we eat a lot of pizza. I mean, if you're in the city, you eat a lot of pizza. But it's not like this is like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like, I'm eating this. Like, I think people think, like, you guys eat just poutine all the time. Like, (laughs) Yeah, people just think all we eat is, like, Tim Hortons the whole time. But, you know, they're not actually far off. We do eat a lot of poutine. Like, we have, like, smokes poutinery. Anytime that we're on the road or whatever in Canada, like there's a good chance we'll have it at least one meal of the yeah, tour. poutine is one thing, and also every single fast food place has their version of poutine, like McDonald's, Burger King, anything has poutine. Like no. so bad, they so bad. Has poutine. No way, because there's a market share there. They they want to have a piece of that market share because people just know that it's like a dinner that you can wow. have or a meal, like a poutine. So there's McDonald's poutine. There's like Subway, probably. Oh, Subway. No, yeah, there's no Subway poutine. There's like... no Subway poutine, but there's like Wendy's poutine. There's like Burger, Burger King, King poutine. I feel like, like that they did like regional things. I feel like if you go, I remember what fucking country it was, but one of the countries they do like, they sell like a beer. They sell beer at McDonald's. I think it was like yeah. Germany or something. So like, yeah, I knew they did like regional things, but that's crazy. They do poutine and stuff. They sell my my lobster in Halifax, which is like Eastern Canada. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm, lobster though, lobster's great. I wonder if it's like caught locally or or if it's like you know the typical McDonald's way. It's where it's just like it's from is everywhere. Really big. <laughs> I would think that if it's at McDonald's, they don't have the budget to catch it locally there. So yeah, 
because because when you've had like local halifax lobster because I, I think me and alex both have oh it's so good it's, it's like it, it is amazing. they have these like lobster sandwich like it's a lobster hot dog almost like yeah 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 of, exactly like a hot dog but then lobster inside is so good or it's like just like a hot dog hot dog bun and they just oh it's so good we have uh yeah i guess like up here we have like lobster rolls uh Maine's known for them, obviously not that far away from Canada. Um, but yeah, dude, those fucking slap. I've actually had some farther down the coast in Connecticut. Best I ever had. And I was like, wait, these are like the same waters that are like coming out of like New York City. I don't know if this <laughs> this fish is gonna be good. <laughs> the lobster's gonna be good. But you come to New York City, it's well New York City, New York in general, it's all you're gonna have like two things. It's gonna be pizza and bacon, egg and cheese or like bad water. And bad water. Yeah, I, I went to New York like two years ago, it was, or less than two years ago. But yeah, the pizza was good, and the I liked you guys as a well. New York's like ramen was pretty good because I'm like a huge ramen guy. Yeah, dude. Uh, did you? I don't know if you know like parts of the city, but like the Lower East Side's got great ramen, Thai food, Chinese food, anything you could think of. But yeah, slaps. That's probably where you had it. I was um, in like I was in like Brooklyn, I think. Uh, okay, that too. Or yeah, no, no, sorry. I was in Manhattan. My bad. Manhattan. Um, I was uh, on, what's, where was I? Kind of near, what's that like village, the market? It's kind of like hipster, yeah, hipster village. Oh, is it maybe Chelsea Market? S- something like that. Um, or East Village. East Village. We're in like Greenwich. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yep. Oh, uh, that's actually, yeah. West, West part of it. See, like, I, I don't know. I don't know shit about New York. I just, I, no, I, I worked there. That was the only thing. Yeah, <laughs> the only. I mean, I it's, a pre- it's a pretty big place. It's also not like the same thing as me in Toronto saying, "Hey, West End Toronto," which is like very small and like it's it, New York's just like huge. It really? Yeah, I always yeah, imagined Toronto is like small, even compared to really, like, like, it, like I was like, like I was actually born in Europe, like, and like even my hometown was just like same population as Toronto is like way bigger downtown in terms of area. Where were you sense. born? Uh, in Ukraine. Awesome. How did you end up making your way over here? Uh, I don't know. It just kind of happened. I the Canadian I way. Yeah, I went for an exchange in high school when I was like fifteen. It's just like almost ten years. Almost ten years. Yeah, almost ten years ago. Wow. And then and I kind of went to college here, and I just stayed around. And then I wanted to play music. So yeah, yeah. that's like, that's kind of how Canada, like especially Toronto, is. It's great. Like there's there's no like one kind of kind of story there's people that come from all over the place and then are are just like i mean it's very similar to new york but like we just have like just like all corners of the world there's no one story there's people coming at all the different times maybe their family came like a generation or two ago maybe they just came right it's uh and because of that we have so much so many good restaurants in there. <laughs> yeah 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 like food is great that's one thing about i love about toronto yeah and one thing about I miss about actually going out and like having because we're in lockdown and you can't really do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you guys like actually right in Toronto? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Man, yeah. That's such a tease is just like having all of that and it just stripped right away from you. But like, I feel like I've never met a person who's lived in Toronto or been to Toronto who's like, I hate Toronto. I like never. I feel like that's not a real sentiment. I feel like everybody has at least good things to say about it. Um, obviously, most people I know have just been there for like a trip or whatever. But you know, obviously, as a tourist, you're gonna enjoy it. But yeah, there there are definitely things to hate about Toronto. But overall, like yeah. <laughs> if you if you really like mainly like the transit system here is is too so over underwhelming. Oh, yeah. Okay, the infrastructure to support it is just so abysmal compared Every- compared to how many people use it. It's just yeah completely under under supported. Mm-hmm. Um. And then you kind of have, yeah. have to use it if you live in the city because the the driving downtown is even worse. It's like impossible. It's Cause, like because everybody a, comes from the outer areas of Toronto into the city to work. Because uh, we might the actual city might only have a population of like a couple million, but then you have like everybody from like all around the city, like the greater Toronto area, which is like three times that size almost. Yeah, it, I think Toronto oh, is only like two million, but the GTA is like over five easily. It's right? about it's about six now and the and the actual oh, downtown's yeah. like less than that. So 
that's the problem is that we have such congestion because of that. Yeah. What's, what's crazy is right now it's actually not like that because people are working from home a lot more. And mm-hmm. so that it's, it's a lot less congested in the city, but um, anyway, I mean, I don't know how we got into this, but yeah, if you <laughs> spend enough time in Toronto yeah. and you, you really like try and enjoy it, there's so much to do and it could be a great city, but living here, there is definitely a downfall, mainly with affordability is one of the biggest problems. And then, secondly oh, yeah. just like yeah and then just like the day-to-day kind of like the how busy everything is all the time sounds yeah. extremely similar to new york city yeah yeah, yeah. like a baby it's a baby new york city fucking expensive and crowded but my favorite thing about new york city is I'm like, i like going for the day but my favorite thing is i can go home like leave. yeah and you can like live, you yeah. live in a little little freaking hole in the wall right mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i lived i worked in the city lived like just outside in basically the opposite side of the water from where like Brooklyn is. So basically you know, in Jersey. in Jersey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. New Jersey. So I was like, great. I don't have to stay here like for the <laughs> night. <laughs> I can go home, get out of here. But enough talk about me. I want, um, I think I got one more question for you, Adam. Do you have anything else for these gentlemen? Nah, man, I think I'm pretty good. Dude, yeah, I've been hyped about this interview, so I'm really excited we got your ear for as long as we've had. But um, I just want to do, I know we did a little bit of a shout-out before, but uh, just sort of how we, you know, kind of close off these conversations is um, we usually do just like a local band shout-out or any band that you think people should know a bit more about. Um, And then finally, we do a Beer of the Week. I don't know if you guys are... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you guys are beer fans, but um, yeah, and then feel free to shout that out after. But yeah, go ahead. This is your time. Um, shout out, you know, any bands that you feel like people should know more about. Mm, maybe Alex go first. I'm trying to think. Yeah, okay. So you should check out Dear Use. You should check out Way the Anchor. You should check out Ocrest. Uh, you should check out Rival Town. Um, Beer, you what's check- your beer of the week? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, I think it's Stella Stella this week. That's what okay. I had. Yeah, that's fancy, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, oh, that's another thing about Toronto. We have a lot of uh hipster breweries, but um, really, yeah, but anyways, yeah, so my shout out would be nothing special because they're cool guys and southbound from they're both from Ontario. And then I don't know, I don't really like drink beer that much, but like I'm gonna shout out uh what is it? I'll I'll say Belgian Moon. They're pretty good. You put like a nice little thing of orange in there, it's yeah, so orange, refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it, yeah it's kinda good. it's kinda off season for that, but like it's mm-hmm. just oh when when it is, like say it's like the summer and it's like a nice hot day and you just put a little orange slice in there, it's like it's like a grown up orange soda it's delicious (laughs) i remember i was in vegas actually one time and the waitress just like brought me one accidentally and made me pay for it but i wasn't mad because she was just like i'll put an orange slice in it i was like all right cool and then i'll take another one too (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was pretty mad they made you pay what i was pretty mad after yeah but like after a few beers you don't give a shit but yeah it was like it was hot is in vegas and i'm like Lady, I just need a drink. I don't care what it is. <laughs> Please. <laughs> but the orange slice is a nice touch, and I think you guys have excellent choice in beer. So, um, again, I really appreciate you guys coming on. Um, Hell yeah. And I'm sorry it was uh, such short notice that I sent over the invite, but, you know, I'm really glad for you guys being uh, able to join us and being able to talk to you, too, because I've been bumping the EP since it came out. And I think you guys have a really great thing going for you. I know I don't have to tell you that because obviously the numbers don't lie. You guys are up there. You're blowing up. And uh, I'm excited to see what's next for you because uh, it sounds like you guys have definitely a lot of ideas that you're kicking around and, um, you know, hoping to see what else 2021 uh, brings you guys. I Also, again, I hope I, I see you guys on the road. Um, if you're ever coming to New York, let us know. But uh, yeah, let's connect online after this. Uh, I know I, I already I think I already have both of you guys on uh, Facebook. But yeah, Adam, feel free yeah. to connect. And um, yeah, For boys, sure. we will be dropping this episode, I think, sometime in probably February. And mm. uh, let cool. me know if you guys uh, want any songs played during the episode.
Yeah, I mean, we're pretty open-minded. You could play your your favorite song from the EP. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, we'll Man, be look like forward to... to choose your favorite child. That's, that's thank tough. you, thank you for having us on your podcast. It was super fun talking to you. Get to know you guys, and yeah, uh, we're excited for what we are working on, and uh, we can't wait to share it when the time comes. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, guys! All right, well you you all be well, and um, yeah, let's stay in touch. Yeah, you too, man. Sure. You too. Bye. Have a good night, guys. You too. Bye.